Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, you road to growth listeners. Today, I have Nicole Jansen. She is a transformational coach and podcast host. For you local San Diegans, you hear the last name Jansen. Hopefully, you're not thinking about the Dodgers closer. I think she she lives in San Diego, so hopefully, she's not a Dodger fan. Are you into baseball at all, Nicole? Not really. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, that's at least good. That, that works for us. The question that I usually get as soon as we get going, right, with coaches on here, is I've had a lot of different coaches on here. What do you think separates you uh, from other coaches? Yeah, it's a great way to start and, and great question. So I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years. I actually started out when I was uh, in my teens. I was uh, running and helping my parents in the back end uh, of a, of a home-based business when I was literally starting off at seven, doing inventory, and then building up from there 12, 14 years old. I was actually doing paperwork and all that and, uh, and started my own business at 16. So I have a lot of experience in business, hands-on experience from the ground up, building not only my own business and starting from scratch, very grassroots, going literally door to door and uh, selling fax machines when they were a new thing, which I'm dating myself, but, you know, um, and selling pretty much everything under the sun. Also through my family business, helping to, um, to train and to coach people, entrepreneurs starting a, a home-based business of their own. And we built a very successful eight-figure business, um, coached literally thousands of people over the years and didn't even know I was coaching uh, until much later when I had my company Discover the Edge and people started to ask me to coach them. So how I got into coaching was actually people requesting me to coach them. Hmm. And I for initially said, no, 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 I'm not a coach. I'm not a therapist, you know, and uh, and then realized because I'm very much results driven and focused on how do we take you from point A to point B. And so as I uh, as I kept getting more requests and more requests, I finally agreed to do it and then realized I've been doing it for years. And then, of course, added on all the certifications and all that. And the other thing that that really sets me apart is is the adversity that I've been through. Yes. You know, building very successful businesses and also seeing those businesses fall apart through lack of leadership, uh, greed, egos, you know, human dynamics and so forth. And, uh, and a lot that I learned, there was a lot that I learned on the way up. There was even more that I learned on the way down. And in terms of mindset as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, when you're 16 years old going out and trying to sell door to door to people, you get a lot of resistance, you know, and uh, and then over, and being a woman as well. And so just dealing with all sorts of adversity in business, uh, being a woman, being young in business and all the, you know, the the objections you get and all of that. And uh, and I've had the pleasure of of having the privilege, if you will, of having uh, experienced adversity in health. In relationships, in business, and finance. And so I have a very broad perspective on, and so I can relate to a lot of people in terms of what they're going through. And not only have I experienced, but I've been able to get through it and be stronger and better for it as a result. Is there a common theme that you found to get through any of the adversity that you've gone through over the time, over the years? Yeah. I mean, it is mindset. You know, there's, there's a lot of times when we get into a situation where we don't like it, what we first want to do is we want to get out of it. 
right? So what do I need to do to be able to move forward? And the real question is, who do I need to be? What do I need to address? The, the stuff that's inside, most people want to run away from those things, right? Ignore them, push through them. But there's actually real value in, in really sitting with those, you know, the issues. And it's like, how did I get here? Who was I being that allowed me to be in this situation? And what am I learning from it? And so one of the most valuable things that I've actually done is, is reflecting and extracting all of the lessons that I, that I have uh, gained out of each of these experiences so that I can apply them. Once you learn the lesson, you don't have to repeat the experience, right? You get the lesson, you get to move on. So mindset's really important. I actually talk about a, a results model, which is results come from behaviors and actions, but behaviors and actions are, are determined and influenced by our mindset. Well, what makes up our mindset is not only who we are, our personality, and of course there's human needs. You probably know, you know Tony Robbins' work with, with human needs, psychology, all of that. But it's also our beliefs. What do we believe about ourselves, others, and the world around us? And so we have to address those things first so we understand, like, what am I bringing into the future? What am I bringing into the next experience? Because all of our life experience, the sum total of our life experience is the lens in which we see the world and we see ourselves and we see others. And so we've got to address that first so that you have a clear lens, you know, to move forward. I, I love that way of, of putting it that I guess I never really thought about like that. I mean, your, your life experiences basically make the glasses that you're looking to the world. I mean, it's a fantastic way of looking at it. We're now you, you say your parents were entrepreneurs, correct? Yes. What do you think growing up in an entrepreneur household has kind of allowed you i mean has it allowed you to to adapt more easily to working through the adversity do you think there has been kind of any kind of help with that that childhood or am i reading too much into that oh 100 percent. i mean watching my dad my dad owned uh, garage businesses and he bought an i'm originally from canada he bought an so franchise first and i watched them work hard. I watched my mother do all the paperwork in that business. And then that business was actually very successful. They were some of the, the youngest, most successful franchise owners, and S, which is Exxon uh, Mobile in, in the US. And then they, they just like seven days a week working really hard. I watched my, um, and then they, they bought another, they sold that, bought a Sunoco franchise, built that up. It was very successful. Then by the time I was 11, 12 years old, they had the home-based business, but my dad actually sold those businesses, those uh, garage, the garage business and invested in another business, which was going to be that much more lucrative. And, you know, and it was going to really just like give us that quantum leap and it didn't work out that way. And so I watched them, I watched them literally lose everything. Uh, they ended up going bankrupt uh, that's a whole story in itself could be worth a book right there in terms of that whole experience. We, you know, he literally was down in Brazil uh, dealing with Brazilians and investing in gold and, uh, and he disappeared for a few months. We didn't even know where he was and showed up on our door once uh, one day. And so there's a lot watching them go through that experience and how they overcame that experience, how they handled it. Um, initially they were fighting a lot between the two of them because, you know, money was an issue and even what they were going to do next was an issue. But I watched actually, interestingly enough, that home-based business, which was like a direct sales business. My, my dad was like, I don't want anything to do with this. I was doing fine before we got all creative with other ways of making money. 
And so I want to go back to what I know. And my mom said, you know what, I really believe that this is, there's something here, you know, and, and so we need to stick with it. And so they also fought over that. My mother wanted to keep it. My dad didn't want to keep it. And so I ended up helping her and becoming more involved with her, helping her, uh, her in the business. And my brother who loved mechanics would help my brother in that business as he started a new business. So, so there was initially, there was some friction and how do they work through that? And also just even, you know, like that whole powering through certainly in that growth mindset. Okay. Now, so this is what's happened. What are we going to do with this? That's the most important question. It's not so much what happens to you in life. It's what you do with it. We've all heard that, you know, and that's not just a nice saying that it literally is. It's like the, okay, now what, what am I going to do with that? That's where the rubber meets the road. And so I got to see that through my parents and certainly it shaped my, my view of the world and uh, that lens that I, that I look through in the world and, and seeing them, you know, I've seen them actually lose everything twice because that sec, you know, that second business, the one that we built up very successfully when it fell apart, it wasn't just me, it was their business. I mean, initially, and I partnered with them and, and came on board. And so they lost everything as well. And so watching that whole experience and what do you do in those situations was, was very powerful, you know, uh, as a, as a young person learning what, uh, you know, how do you deal with adversity? I watched my mother. My mother was just uh, such a, a rock in so many ways, you know, and how she could then mentor others later on who are going through stuff and freaking out, you know, like, wow, this stuff's happening in my life. And she's just like, okay. And she would ground and center and help them to move forward. And I see a lot of that in my coaching, you know, where it's like becoming the storm, uh, the excuse me, the calm in the midst of the storm. So you can think clearly because if your emotions are high and you're all up here and, 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 and upset in the upset, then your intelligence is going to be low. So even perfectly intelligent people, it's like, you know, sales, you're in sales, right? And real estate, it's like your high emotion, low intelligence, right? And then 10 minutes later, you come up with this really brilliant response to it. But in the moment, you're nervous and you're scared. And what are they going to do? You're new and all that, right? And so um, it's how do you, how do you keep that? connect to it, not disconnect emotionally, but connect to it, but actually use it to fuel you rather than to hold you back and, and to be able to learn through it and, and, and anchor yourself, you know, to, to the lesson so that you can use it in the future. Yeah. It becomes a reflex. I mean, you go, Oh my gosh, I've seen this before. This is what I need to do. It's going to help me out. And um, now for living, growing up in that in that world of entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you talked about basically their the fighting, the communication they had as parents right there. I just actually had on one of my previous podcasts, a husband and wife team, uh, and they talked about how they have an idea and they try to talk it through and maybe one person leans the other way, but it's a long, a couple of hours of trying to go back and forth. The um, interesting thing is having you on here and this is something I didn't expect is basically from a child's eyes. Do you think there was positive negatives where they basically you saw that it could have filled hostile, but it was just more of a communication. Was there positive negatives, things that if, if you have kids, I don't know if you do have kids that you would do or wouldn't do anything like that? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. I've actually done a lot of second generation entrepreneurship uh, teaching way back in the day as we were helping people to start businesses. So from my perspective saying, here's how I would encourage parents to work yeah. with their kids. Cause I was the kid. Yeah. So 
So there was some positives and negatives, right? So I watched them fight. That wasn't really great. Um, yet at the same time, somehow in the midst of that, my mother was German. My dad was Dutch, also both very stubborn, you know, uh, and strong willed. And so uh, I watched them fight. But ultimately, through that fighting, they there was a there was a there was a measure of unity. Like, OK, we're fighting for the same thing. We might not agree on how to get there. On the that's the that's the part. It's like yes, we both want to go here, and we agree that we're in this, right? That that we have agreed on. Now, how we do it? Let's work out the details. And I think that's the problem that happens a lot of times in relationships is that I see amazing powerhouse teams, right? Couples, but they but they use that energy to actually fight against each other rather than use that energy to actually fight. The, the fight ahead of them and to build something and to, to grow, you know? And so uh, I learned, I watched that. They also showed uh, a unified front. So you may argue behind the scenes and like, as I said, we could hear it, you know, cause they were loud, but ultimately when it comes to the kids, they need, children need to have, need to see a unified front. So if one is talking, my parents never did that when I was growing up is like, you know, one talking about the other to the, that they didn't do that. Right. And, uh, and I think that was really important. Now, later on with the second round, when I was actually partners, business partners with them and the business fell apart, um, it was an interesting dynamic because I actually ended up kind of being in the middle going, okay, you and your court, <laughs> you court, cause they're like, what the hell, how are you, how are we here again? You know, and what do we do? And they were frustrated. They were also much older too. So they were also looking at their future and saying, oh man, it's not like being, you know, in our thirties and starting over. We're now in our sixties starting over. It's a big difference. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important that parents show that, that unified front, deal with what you need to deal with and let your kids, because your kids need a safe place. They need a safe place to feel that, um, that everything's going to be okay and that they don't make it about themselves, you know, cause kids, through the child mind, sometimes think it's my fault. And what did I do to cause this? And, you know, so it's, that's really important. Is, I mean, it sounds like that'd be a good mindset of the unified front, knowing where you want to go, but just trying to communicate the best way of getting there, even in a partnership, business partnership, any kind of partnership, right? hundred percent, hundred percent in teams, uh, like business teams, you know, where you have, you have leaders. So, Fast forward many years later, I bought a franchise and, uh, you know, business coaching franchise. So when I started getting into the coaching and then somebody said, hey, I got a friend. We have a, this amazing franchise. You have all the systems in place. And so why build the systems yourself? Because we already have them. So I buy this franchise, spent a lot of money and then uh, find out that they don't they have these systems up here, but they didn't have them in in print. So that's a problem. So there was a lot. There was some issues from a leadership standpoint there, there was actually um, one of my greatest mentors was what was his, it was actually based on his intellectual property. And he had a business partner who was to manage the actual building, the operations of the, of the franchise. Okay. So, you know, 
he's off consulting to major corporations and so forth and doing the things that he does speaking and training and so forth. This guy's going to do the operations. Well, at one point, and it was, it was a disaster. I spent, you know, it was four and a half years and I eventually ended up walking away. That business, that franchise doesn't exist anymore. Like the system doesn't exist. And I already, I kind of could see the writing on the wall at that point. I was like, why am I putting so much time into this? But so many, again, so many lessons that I learned, tremendous lessons, but I will, uh, to what you're talking about here, as an example, is that there was a, a point where we are, we were, we were on the call, the franchise franchisees were on the call and that partner was actually on the call and the other one wasn't. Okay. And he started to diss this partner on the call. And, and I said, I, I talked to him afterwards cause you know, I didn't want to do the same thing right on the call, but I had, I had to call him out and I was like, that is exactly what, because I saw that in our family business where, you know, we were in business with people who would undermine leadership. That's why I talk about poor leadership, actually undermined the leadership of my parents mm. and destroyed because it creates confusion. Right. So I'm on this, on this call and I'm like, what is he doing? Right. And so afterwards I said to him, I said, you literally just slit your throat. You, you know, these people are your customers. They're your franchise, the franchisees, they are your customers. And he said, no, they're partners. And I said, no, they're customers. They paid you money to buy a franchise, including me. And we need to fix this right now. And so we ended up getting everybody back on the call within 24 hours and dealing with all of that stuff. But it was like, that's the same thing. If you don't have that unified front, and that was, that was one of, if not, that was the thing that really, plus the fact that he wasn't in personal development and so forth, which is part of our agreements, is that everybody had a coach and so forth. That's what that's what happened. He didn't have that. He thought he knew it all. And so he was just running with that, and that ego got out of the way. But if they, you don't have that unified front, it creates such confusion within your organization. So you've well, got to have that. You can deal with whatever you need to knock down, drag it out, do it in the boardroom, close the doors, deal with it there, and then work it out. And then come and, and work with your team from there. Don't bring them into the mess. It's like front stage and backstage, right? This is all backstage stuff. People just want to see the play. They don't want to but see what's going on behind the scenes. Is it is it based off of, I guess, because it sounds like he was being vulnerable to the, the hiccups or ha that are happening, or was he stating that I want to go this direction, but our business is going this direction? Or what was... Yeah. And that it was actually, he did not agree with the decision that, that the other uh, party had, his partner had made. And so he was using the decision and saying, Oh, this is really wrong. You shouldn't have done that. Blah, 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 blah. And so forth. And I'm like, you see, but that conversation, this is not the, the platform for that conversation, especially since he's not on the call. Hmm. Right. So you need to have that conversation with him separately, work that out. And then you can address it. And if there's anything that needs to be clarified or corrected, it can be done. But then you always have that unified front. You brought up before that you had a lot of people reaching out to you. I mean, over the years before mm -hmm. you even got to coaching about asking for feedback, asking for guidance. Where did that come from? Was it simply people in your circle? Was it people in your circle telling their friends about you? Where did that come from? So in when the... The, the business fell apart, the family business. And so I was like, what am I going to do now? Um, I extracted all the learning, like I, like I said, and I really looked at what are my strengths? What is my passion? What is the experience? Which are the three things I now 
uh, it's like the foundation, everything I'm doing is I'm listening for people when they're saying, I want to build or I want to grow or I want to do something new. It's what are your passions? Uh, what are you, what are your strengths and what is your experience that you can, you can build on? So I took all of that and started a company called discover the edge, which was designed actually initially to do disc human behavior workshops, right? So teaching personality dynamics and so forth, because what is business about? It's all, and life is all about relationships, right? You got to understand different personality types. As I was doing that though, I was going in and working with teams and I'm in these environments. And of course, because of all the experience I had, I'm starting to see all these other dynamics. I'm like, yeah, you know what? We can work on the personal dynamics and understanding each other, you know, so you understand each other, build better relationships and so forth. But uh, you got a lot of other stuff that's going on uh, out here. So I would just offer some input. And then that's when they were like, hey, can you help me with that? Or people that were in my workshops would say, like, because I'm just dropping experience, you know, nuggets all the time. And they're like, I, I need that on a regular basis. I need somebody who has the experience and perspective to be able to guide me through the process. And so that's when they started asking me, can you coach me? And I'm like, I'm not a coach, you know, I'll tell you what I think, you know, <laughs> like, but it's, but I, but I, in a sense, I mean, yes and no, I tell, tell people what I think in terms of my, you know, talk about strategy and let's go, let's do something right. I'll challenge them. Um, but one of the things that has always been important to me is to not, and in truth, that's just not accurate, accurate statement is because not rather than telling people what to think is teaching them to think mm. and, but calling them out when I see that they're not thinking or that what they're, how they're thinking isn't actually getting them where they need to be. Right. So you, what they want to create this, well, this is not going to get you here, right? This is going to create some problems for you. So I can see, foresee the problems because of my experience, I can foresee the problems. And so we have to address it. So it's like addressing that and then empowering them to start thinking about it differently. Mm. How long, so, so you're doing the seminars, the group sessions, right? You're getting feedback, you're giving feedback on basically the business as a whole. Mm-hmm then you slowly start expanding your business into um, I guess more of the CEOs, more of the actual trainers and kind of giving them kind of coaching. Did you still have the, the workshops going at the same time kind of simultaneously or what happened? Yeah. There? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think this, even today, I don't do as much as it, like that was just the sole focus of the business initially. Uh, quickly, I realized, like I say, I realized there was a lot more going around uh, that was uh, that was surrounding that that also was really important to talk about. And so it ex- quickly expanded uh, from there. So I think probably within a year, it was already um, evolving. Mm. And that's an important lesson because a lot of times entrepreneurs decide, I say, I'm going to do this. I've, I've spent all this time figuring out what I'm going to do and I'm going to do this thing. And that's great. When you when you get there and you start doing that, you may discover now this is not bright, shiny object syndrome, but you may discover that there is something more. Right. You're always growing. You're either growing or dying, either moving forward or you're moving backwards. So it's one of the two. So if you're growing, you may be evolving 
right? So my mission really never changed, but how I did it and some of the additional, you know, uh, piece elements came into it to actually allow me to fulfill my mission that I had, right? Mm -hmm. So empowering people to be the you know very best that they can be, the, to be who I believe that God created them to be, the design, right? They're 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 maximizing their potential. And realizing that there was like, oh, well, actually, there's this element as well as this element that needs to be incorporated in order for them to maximize their potential and be everything that they're created to be. So um, so that happens very quickly as I was. And again, it comes back to the reflection, the debrief. So often people go in autopilot. They're like, just do their thing and they just do it the same way that they've always done it. And they create a rut. And whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working in an organization it's, you know, regardless, again, we're only, we're ever only growing or dying. So how you got to keep growing, right? You got to pay attention, right? You debrief. That's the feedback loop, right? What's working about this? What's not working? What am I learning? What can I do going forward to leverage what's working and, and expand on it, you know, grow it, right? What's not working? What can I do to adjust it? So you're constantly in the conversation. I think entrepreneurs need to be constantly in that conversation of feedback and debriefing, being honest with themselves. Self-awareness is really important so that, so that they can, you know, they can continue to move forward and adapt because the market's, even if you don't want to change, the market's changing all around you. Customer needs are changing. You're in real estate. You know, I mean, has real estate changed, you know, like yeah. in so many ways, right? So if people are still trying to do it the same old way, that's that may be fine for them. And they're like, I'm really good at it. I know it this way. But if the market changes or the customer needs change, like just in, in general, what they need, then, uh, you know, you're going to find that there's this disconnect from where you are and where they are. With, with the changes that you've seen in your own business, where do you foreshadow your business going in the next five years? So for me, what I, what I, um, have even I'm seeing it even right now is I'm talking more about leadership. I'm talking because ultimately, isn't this all about leadership? Yeah. Right. And doesn't this country, this world need more leaders that are self-aware that operate from integrity, operate from responsibility, take responsibility for their actions rather than blaming and finger pointing and all that. So, so a lot of, a lot more on leadership um, which I'm already doing, but I'm seeing more of that. And the, the you know, leaders at the highest levels, you know, leaders that are uh, sometimes you're, I mean, really smart people. I mean, my clients, uh, a lot of them are like really good at what they do and they're really smart, but you, but they still, they're like, they're so close to it. You can't see the blind spot. No matter how good you are, how awesome you are, how much experience you have, you still have a blind spot. Mm. So you need somebody who's going to, who's going to have some perspective on it and somebody who can, hold the space for that. Right. So that's that, that isn't so in awe that they uh, can't be a, an advisor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody sees somebody who's so successful and all they do is look up to them. Right. Wow. I wish I was successful like them. You know, one of the things that I'm that, that through my experience of seeing people become successful and fall apart, I've seen brilliant people lose it all. Right. I, I respect success. I admire success, but I don't, I idolize it. Hmm. So being able to, to talk to somebody on a level where I absolutely respect their success, but I can still call them on stuff if I see something to help them because that's necessary to help them go to the next level. So leadership is really important. Another piece is identity. 
there is such an identity crisis in the world right now, an attack on identity on so many levels. And so I'm talking more and more about identity. And specifically, I'm not getting into a gender, gender identity and all of that. I'm talking about people having their identity wrapped up in external things. Mm. So last in the last 18 months, we saw it, right? Everybody's got their world or happy little bubble that they're living in. Everything's, everything's good. All of a sudden, COVID hits and all hell breaks loose, right? People start freaking out. Why? Because their identity was wrapped up in that world. Their identity was wrapped up in the, the business that they had and and the success that they had or the job that they had in their money how much money do i have i see that so often people actually get, derive their identity from how much success well and that's great and i did that at one point but what happens when you lose all of that mm. like when i i literally at one point lost everything when, and you go like who am i now when you're talking about your identity, were you talking about you're defined by your business? You're defined by what you're yes. doing or, okay. Yeah. So when that's all taken away, right? Yeah. So when, when, when the relationships, like I am a, this, I'm a, that I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a, a son, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I'm I'm a successful leader in business. I've, I'm, I'm, I've got all this money. I've got these toys. I've got whatever, you know, all of this accomplishments, uh, accolades, people look up to me, all of that stuff is awesome. But what are you without that? And if you, you if you don't get that clear, then it, it, it makes you subject, yeah. right? To your confidence is subject to what is happening around you. And that's scary because what if it's taken away? Why do you think, and I think that's more of a, an American thing or maybe a Western European thing, uh, to be defined by what you do for a living. I mean, I know for myself, I've been lucky enough to travel a lot, and it's more, you're more defined in some of the other other countries, especially Eastern Europe, where it's I am me, but I do this this thing right here. Yes. And then here, it seems like for the most part, it's like I do this. My name is this. Yeah, you ask somebody, tell me about yourself, you know, and what's the first thing that we do here in North America for the most part? Yeah, I'm a real estate agent. You know, I do this, I'm a coach, you know, and, and the reality is you may do that, but that's, that's actually not who you are. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. so much, cause that actually puts you in this little box. Yeah. That's also why entrepreneurs, they go, I am a this, and now they can't see the possibility of what's beyond that because they're kind of stuck in this box. Where do you think that that comes from that mindset? Honestly, I think it comes from a scarcity mindset. I think it comes from a scarcity mindset. I think it comes from we have in, especially in North America, there's a lot of, which is another one of my pet peeves and missions. It's all, all woven into this, which is there is a lot of greed. There's a lot of, I need to get, right. I need to, I need to get attention. I want to be known. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. It's very individualized. It's the individualization right? We're very much about individualism here. We're very much about my, you know, my uniqueness, which I, I love that. I mean, I talk about this. What are your strengths, your unique strengths? I believe every single person is created unique and amazing and having talent and value to bring to the world. Yes. And so you are, that is who you are. And if, if you, if you attach that to like a vocation, again, that's, that's where the problem comes in. So, mm. and it's also, the other thing is to realize is yes, you were all of these things 
you are also part of a greater, bigger picture, right? You're a part of all of humanity. You're part of a family. You're part of a community, right? So that's also where responsibility comes in because if I'm as a, as a, as an individual, I can say, not my job, not my problem, not my fault. Oh, that's happening over there. Human trafficking is happening. So for, well, I'm not part of that. I don't, I don't need, that's not my, right. Because I'm just me yeah. and all I'm responsible for is me. But the problem with that is we have a whole bunch of individuals who are operating as it's just about me, me and mine, right. Or maybe a little family and not worrying about what's happening outside. And when, and the reality is we are all responsible because collectively we are humanity, right? So I remember one of my mentors once said, uh, he said, you know, 100% responsibility is you're responsible for everything that goes on. And I was like, I'm like, wait a second, how can I be responsible? How, how am I at fault for the, you know, what's happening in Africa? And then thinking about it and going, well, I may not have directly done it, but as part of humanity, we all need to take responsibility for what's happening over there. Right. We need to take responsibility for the homelessness. We need to take responsibility for the fact that there's high unemployment, or whatever. Like, what are we, what are we doing about that? Right. So, um, but anyway, just I don't want to get off on too much off a tangent there, but um, yeah, it's this indiv individualiz individualization here that it's just like, we're all about the individual mm -hmm. and that comes from scarcity. It's the uh, lack, right. The win lose. If you have more than I have less, and so um, I'm going to have to work really hard to set myself apart so I can get my share, you know, all of that. When if we realize there's actually an abundance, there's no shortage. Nature, you look around on nature, nature is not in any way scarce. Even if one area might feel a little, there's a drought in one area, but there's another area that's abundant. Nature as a whole is very abundant. Just even if it's maybe scarce in what we want, scarce amount of water, but man, there's a lot of sand. <laughs> there's a lot of something else. Right. So it's just a different way of looking at it. When did you come up with this, this mindset of abundance? I mean, that's not usually, um, uh, it's a more mature thing of, of looking at the world coming from the idea of abundance. Did you always have this or is it something you learned over time or where did that come from? So I think part of it came over time learning it. I realized some of the questions I was asking myself early on in, in my business, I was asking myself questions like what's wrong with me? This is not working. What am I doing wrong? I realized those questions were very limiting questions. Um, how can I get more? I saw greed. Okay. Let's just call it what, you know, it's that greed scarcity breeds greed. I saw greed and ego rampant. And I saw, and, and being on the other side of that, right. Um, having the effect of that being on the, at, at the other side of that in terms of um, our business being affected by someone's greed and realizing that. So part of it was those uh, discoveries, but then it was actually, and this is why I really believe mentors, coaches are really valuable because they get you to see some of the things and maybe even articulate some of the things that you, you're experienced and be able to, um, understand what actually happened and how to articulate as so you can teach it to someone else. So I had a mentor. It's funny because I was talking about earlier, this partner over here was actually that mentor. 
So I learned a tremendous amount, hugely valuable, a lot of insights and perspective. And, uh, and, and so always, always appreciated um, uh, him. And he actually brought to light some of this and, and gave language to it uh, so that I could then go, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that is what, it, yeah, that is how I think about it as abundance and my and scarcity and so forth. And you only come from love or fear to cannot coexist all those things. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, so he gave me the language, which equipped me to be able to now teach it to someone else and to explain it to someone else. T talking about I mean teaching and, and coaching and training. I mean, this is, if you could go back in time and let's say your parents were open for it and they wanted to be coached by you, is there advice that you think you would give them at that time? Wow, that's a good question. I've never been asked that. What would I tell my parents? Um, yeah, you know what I would say to them is I would, um, my parents were amazing. Actually, you know, the funny thing is, is that some of this I did later on. I had to remind them of who they were. After the second time of their business failing um, and later being later in life and the hurt and the disappointment, people turning away from them and so forth. And, and people even saying, oh, they're old or, you know, they don't know anything and all this kind of stuff. Um, I reminded them of who they were. I actually went back and, and literally went through and said, how many people do you know that have been to the White House twice for dinner? How many people do you know that have spoken in front of 80,000 people who've traveled the world, who've had businesses in 11 countries? How many people you, have you, you know, do you know that have built a, an eight-figure business in 1990s, mid-90s? So you can, that's a lot, worth a lot more now. How many people do you know have done that? Immigrants who, who never had a business, who their parents never had a business, had gotten to that accomplishment. Look at all the people that you've impacted. Look at all the, the lives that you've transformed. So I actually went back and reminded them of all of those things. And even my dad at one point when he was like, oh, I got to start over. I'm old, you know, older and so forth. And I was like, dad, you know, it's different for you now. You're not the, the trying to be the rock star. You know, you're not trying to be the, the hot, the young hotshot. I said, you're the wise sage. who has got a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, life experience that you can pass on to others, to those, you know, to those superstars, which my dad always naturally did anyway. He was always building up the next generation. And so that's what I would do. I would encourage them to, um, to take that on sooner, right. To, to, to really own that. Right. And to, to not listen to the, the critics, to not mm -hmm. listen to those that, um, they, th my parents were loyal to a fault, especially my mother. They were so loyal that that's why it hurt them so much, right? When people hurt them, that they actually trusted, that they supported, that they built up, they, they poured their lives into. So, you know, you can focus on the loss or you can focus on what you gained out of that. And I would encourage them to focus on what they gained incredible. I mean, they left a legacy. I remember one time my mother said, you know what? I feel bad because we're not. And my dad another time said the same thing. I feel bad because I'm not, we're not leaving a financial legacy. And we've done all these things in our life. And then we, what do we have at the end is like, there's nothing there to pass on. 
financially. And I said, your legacy, which you passed on was far more valuable than a nice bank account would have been nice, but you know, <laughs> but, um, uh, it was so much more valuable what they, what they passed on integrity, loyalty, and life, all these life experiences, resilience, you know, all of that. Well, thank you, Nicole. I, I know people listening right now, they appreciate you, whatever, all the stuff you've passed on to them in this, uh, in this podcast and anyone listening right now, uh, if they're looking to maybe grow them, their business, grow their team, grow their company, what's the best way for them to reach out to you, Nicole? Sure. So they can go to leadersoftransformation.com, uh, reach out to me through there. I actually have a coaching page, which talks a little bit more about some of my coaching. Um, I also, I mean, I do have another website, which is discovertheedge.com, which was the original company. I still have that website's a little bit older, but there's a lot of uh, resources there as well. And they can reach out to me. And I always offer like a free consult and it's not a sales pitch. I mean, if, if they want to work with me, then obviously we can talk about that, but it's really about bringing value to them in their specific situation and doing some like laser coaching, right? Just getting in there and okay, what's going on? What's working? What's not working? Where are you? Where do you want to be? And how do we get you there? And oftentimes it's really quick. We can create some quick uh, solutions, give them some things that they can work with. And then if they want me to help them along the way in the execution of that and building on that, then that's great too. Well, thank you again. Hopefully everyone listening goes, reach out to Nicole and see, see if she's a good fit. I mean, take the consultation. I mean, it's not going to be that long, but if a couple minutes helps you get to where you want to get to, it's worth, worth the call. Thanks, everyone. Please subscribe. Please share. And tell your friends. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.